Come on and join me on the B-side With movie stars that weren't in their prime Made other movies that got left behind That got them covered on the B-side You're gonna like it on the B-side Cause you got Dan and Connor by your side Throwing your knowledge from the inside And now you're listening to the B-side Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special and a little different episode of the B-Side for the Film Stage. Here we usually talk about a movie star or a movie director and uh, not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones that they made in between. But today, in honor of Oscar season, which is somehow still going on, (laughs) we brought on two of our favorites. They've both been on the show separately, and today we said, let us all... Together combined it's to make like a, one it's a, super podcast. It's a crossover episode, I guess you could call it at this well, point. I guess since we have both of you, be, right? Like, exactly. That's kind of what it <laughs> so is. We have, uh, we have Chris File and Joe Reed of the Great This Had Oscar Buzz podcast. How are you both doing? Good. Tired. I tired. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, at least we should say it's a Sunday night. We're recording. Yes. So it's very much end of the week kind of Sunday night, right before the Oscars. It's been uh, a busy month yes. or so sure so, uh ask yeah. us how we're doing in a week yeah <laughs> i'll be asleep but i'll when i wake up i will let you know yes <laughs> are you, you guys are generally i feel like at this point you must be like being film twitter's de facto oscar people is yeah. uh, I mean, is, is a bit was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> i've been mistake. kind of bowing out of twitter so i'm just like letting good, other yeah, people fight for you. can i tell you can I, you chris you know what's funny i i recently like two weeks ago Kind of at the behest of my wife, who's smarter than I, which obviously, <laughs> I took Twitter off my. I deleted the app from my phone. Smart. Um, yeah. And I my my thought was, uh, I have the book the books app on my phone, and I was like, let me just that'll be. I'm gonna like try to make it when I have the itch for Twitter. I'm gonna go to the books app, and I'm just gonna like read a page of a, one of the many books on there, and it, it has been working so far. Right. I have to get it, it has been a very good pivot to that. Like, nice, a little less. I'll throw in a recommendation then of Michael Shulman's Oscar Wars that just got published. Ooh, okay. It it a chapter focuses on a different year in a different decade of like so, some of the early Hollywood stuff is very just like Hollywood drama, but it focuses specifically on like Oscar drama, which is like for our show, like sure. the the big hefty, you know, that's is is what we do. It's what we talk about. Um some of the early stuff is really funny too. The Frank Capra chapter and like Frank Capra's kind of thirst for an Oscar, if you want to put it in those terms, is oh, I love really, that. really funny. Um, oh, he loses to what was it, Frank Wood or some other director? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the announcer says Frank, and he like gets up and like starts jumping, and it's like, <laughs> not you, Capra. Oh sit down. no, Frankie. Yeah, it, it, it's great. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to just quickly highlight a couple of things. So obviously, this had Oscar buzz. If you listen to our show, you there's a 99% chance you listen to this at Oscar Buzz. Um, yeah, like I said, you guys are kind enough to come on the show to talk Oscar during this busy time. Um, I'm going to let Connor talk about what we're going to do quickly in a second. I just wanted to quickly shout out a couple of written... They're not, they're not even necessarily recent episodes of yours, but I've recently listened to them and loved of your podcast. And I would just say these two movies, we've even covered one of them um, recently. You did an episode on A Thousand Acres, which we talked about 
when we did our Michelle Pfeiffer I, B side. I listened to that one, yeah. Oh, As did I you? Was oh, listening, yeah. it, like it made me dip dip back into our episode and be like, "What did I actually say?" About that? <laughs> well, no, and I think <laughs> there was a general agreement. I, I was, it was, I listened to your guys's. I feel like right after we recorded, and I was definitely like, "Oh wow, yeah, th- these are all the right." Like I would have. Yeah, we agreed like, like separately, but like in a in a, in in a, a different fun way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then and then the other one I just listened to literally today, which I've been meaning to listen to, is you had Philip. Iscove on, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To talk about Elizabethtown. Yes. One of which our is most a movie, popular episodes. Right, which is a movie that I deeply love. And I think it came up because he was like, I said I loved it on Twitter or something. And he was like, he was oh, you should listen. Of it. Yeah, yeah he you should to listen to this episode. It. And I was like, I don't know how I, because I listened to your guys' podcasts. I was like, I do not know how I missed that, but okay. And I listened to it. So two very strong wrecks, like, you know, this at Oscar Buzz. You can find it, obviously, wherever you listen to podcasts. They're great episodes. And I love how... Um, yeah, just great discussion. So just just quick plugs for that because you Thank guys you. do great work. Thanks. And then um, and then yeah, Connor, just tell us what are what's the thought today? Oscar themed. What are we gonna do? Yeah, I so obviously both of you gentlemen have separately joined us for our uh, the only other two Oscar special episodes we've done. So nice. I, obviously it felt right to bring you both together for this. And uh, in the spirit of this had Oscar buzz, I thought. We would just each pick a a specific category in a specific year and go to bat for either a B-sidey or unnominated choice that we thought should have won in that category. So we'll kind of just go through and use it also as a jumping off point for those respective years and who won in those categories and all that. So not to put you on the spot, Joe, why don't we start with you? All right. Um... I was trying to figure out, I wanted to do initially an actor because uh, that's sort of how I enter the film conversation. And (laughs) without spoiling things, the one that I had initially landed on, I was like, well, we couldn't, Chris and I are doing an episode on that particular movie coming up soon. So I didn't want to spoil that discussion. Sure. And then the next one, I was like, oh, Meryl in the post. And then I like, I had weirdly forgotten that she got nominated for that, even though like, <laughs> I still feel like that movie was underappreciated by the Oscars sure. and, and it, it was. was. Yeah. Um, it only got two nominations, but they were uh, two pretty big ones. But um, so I moved into the original score category from the, uh, the 2004 Oscars, the Oscars for the films of 2004, which is how I tend to uh talk about them uh from the film the door and the floor i wanted Great. to my number one score of that year was marcelo zarvos's uh score for the door and the floor which was that movie kind of like lurked on the outskirts this is a movie that chris and i covered on our podcast ages ago great yeah it was i think one of the first episodes i ever listened to i feel oh, like it's in our first Be- 20 episodes because maybe? It is. it's very early yes. because i i knew you guys obviously from whatever trivia you know life but like right right the door in the floor which is a movie i've oh i've like since the moment came out loved it i was like oh i gotta listen someone talked about this movie i gotta <laughs> listen to it yeah, yeah. um the door on the floor is a really interesting movie and in that it like like i said it sort of lurked on the outskirts of oscar season that year there was some chatter this was before jeff bridges had won his oscar so there was some chatter of whether bridges would sort of uh, break into the best actor race that year and as a sort of you know by that point he was tipping into a little bit of elder statesman territory and was based on a john irving book and irving had been successful not too long earlier with uh the cider house rules right and 
it was a focus features movie and chris and i did our this i don't think we did this movie as part of our focus features uh, this is well before focus features this i think was before we even did a may mini series our first may mini series we'll talk about it when we get to mine yeah um but so (laughs) it was a focus movie and i was really into focus movies and that kind of a thing so um i hadn't ever read that particular john irving book it's based on the first like third of a widow third, for one I year. I think of a widow mm-hmm. for one year. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yes. And so um it's directed by Todd Williams, who was a guy who seemed for a minute uh like he was up and coming. He had directed that movie, The Adventures of Sebastian Cole. Okay. With yeah. um what's his Which name? Adrian, they, Adrian Grenier. Grenier. And they filmed it, right, Connor, like where we live, right? Yeah, yeah. They like filmed it like next to my high school. Like Get that out movie's of here. Yeah, that movie is like set in Duchess County. Well, your like, cousin, your cousin is Sebastian Cole. So, well, I, we <laughs> yeah. should say we should yeah. we should say we don't have a good relationship. We should right. say that, but he is my cousin. Good Sebastian old, Cole. Good he old is my Seb cousin. Cole. Yeah. It's a yeah. real late '90s movie, and like you sort of the temptation is to look at it and be like, "Well, you couldn't make that today," and like you couldn't make it the exact same way. You would have to be more certainly more well. The Clark Gregg character about is a issues because yeah. right. the Clark Gregg character is. Uh, somewhere on the the trans spectrum and that movie the way the movie sort of deals with that you have a feeling that if that movie were made today i think the spirit of that movie would probably indicate that it would be curious and sort of you know i would say a little bit forward thinking about all that sort of stuff Mm. so totally not my favorite movie but like it was interesting and then agreed agreed later on after the door on the floor the only other real well he directed paranormal activity 2 and sweet so directed the movie he directed the movie cell and then cell the uh that's the one about uh, the Stephen King book okay, so it's based, Cell Phones this is so us. terrible I've yeah. read that book which is just it was very popular look, Yeah, I love Stephen King that is not yeah. a strong read God bless him <laughs> that's about cell phones though right it's cell literally, phones. is that the movie they're making fun of and forgetting Sarah Marshall no 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 in forgetting Sarah Marshall, there, which I love about this, they are literally making fun of Pulse, which Kristen Bell is the star. Right, of. right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Pulse. Okay. Wow. So in in forgetting Sarah Marshall, they are making fun of Sarah Marshall being in a movie that's like Pulse, Pulse. with with what Kristen Bell was in a movie that movie, which I love that. Anyway, that's so funny. Cell is like your cell phone makes you into a zombie or something. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, classic. That's- I mean, yeah. like, you know, I mean, not an obvious metaphor. I mean, Renoir made a movie about that in 1935. <laughs> right. So it's like, <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah. So that's Todd Williams. But so uh, Door on the Floor is a it's a very kind of John Irving uh, story in that it has a lot of his sort of peccadilloes. It's about uh, uh, an author. Jeff Bridges plays this author of children's books. He lives out on Long Island with his sort of traumatized wife played by Kim Basinger. They're traumatized mm. because their twin sons were killed in a car accident. Their surviving daughter is played by an incredibly young Al Fanning, like very, very, very she's little the, yeah, a baby, Al Fanning. Yeah. Um, and she's sort of like, she's not even like old enough to be like precocious. She's just sort of like, you know, almost like pre-precocious. She's just sort of taking it all in kind of. Um, uh, and so John Foster, Ben Foster's brother, I believe. Um, yep, 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 yep. Yes. Uh, plays this guy who's uh, gets kind of 
through his college, I believe. I think it's college. I think he's like, it's very like early I think it's college slash family friend preparatory scenario. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If your family friends get sort of uh, fixed up with Bridges as a kind of like summer internship, sort of exactly uh, yeah. to kind of be there as a writer's assistant out on Long Island for this guy for the summer, <laughs> and Bridges is very sort of he's a little bit slovenly he's a little he's walking around with these big sort of uh caftan type uh robe situations and he's playing uh, tennis Racket and he's and he's and... not really working and he's just sort of uh you know sketching mimi rogers at different intervals on the island Oof, and being yeah, kind of awful rough, yeah. to women and cheating on his wife and and all this sort of stuff he's not a good guy but he's sort of in that very sort of john irving kind of like uh, unfaithful, a little bit of like a male id sort of run amok, but in a very kind of northeastern, uh, you know, bohe- northeastern older bohemian almost sort of mm. a way. Um, yeah, like West anyway. of Sawbello troubles. Sure, yes. You know. <laughs> and so a lot of the film is about John Foster trying to figure out this guy and whether he you know, he idolizes his talent or doesn't he? He's sort of repulsed by him. He begins to have an affair with Kim Basinger, the man's wife. Um, she, like I said, is like deeply traumatized by the death of her sons. We're not quite sure if she's having an, this affair with John Foster to sort of help her work her way through that in this sort of like quasi sort of a way. Well, right. and also John Foster looks a lot like That's her kids. That's the other thing. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. He very Which much resembles like yeah. uh, her sons. And so there's a lot sort of going on. In My this... wife and I just started watching Milf Manor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a, lot of this, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of the same kind of psychology. To the unpack. door on the floor is uh, is um, prestige filmmaking. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. It just Focus felt no, no, no. That's, that's, that's yeah. great. Um, it's sort of it's a drama, but it has like you know these sort of like bursts of comedic elements. Uh, at part. Totally, the tone is very interesting. I really, I think it's a very good movie. And one of the things that I really love about it is the score by Marcelo Zarvos, who is a Brazilian, I believe, uh, uh, composer and pianist, and um, has scored. I'm now I'm bringing up his filmography because I know he's scored. A bunch of like every once in a while, it'll sort of show up that like oh that's a that's a Zarvo score. I'm trying to think of what most recently well, he, he just scored. Did, so he just did Emancipation. Just did Emancipation. He did Deep Water for Adrian Lyne. Um, yes, and then Dark Waters for Todd Haynes. So he really hit the water. Yeah. Uh, a double feature <laughs> in the last hard in the waters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like the one recently that I remember kind of. Uh, jumped out for me. I think it was like, if it wasn't Green Zone, it was like one of those. Um, he composed Secret 9-11 movie, Remember Me. Remember Me is one. Uh, uh, B-side Robert... that we covered on our Robert Pattinson episode. Actually. Yes. yes. <laughs> he worked on, he did the the, the score for Sin Nombre uh, and oh, okay. uh, Nicole Hall Center's Please Give. And so he's worked, you know, a bunch. Every once in a while, he'll just sort of, but this was one of his earlier scores. He had only really, the, the biggest, most high profile movie he had done by this point was Kissing Jessica Stein. So, um, yes. Okay. But so this piece of score, one particular piece of score from the film ends up in the movie trailer for The the Door on the Floor. Partially, it's, it's, it's sort of in the beginning of the trailer. And then the last part of the trailer is this Chantal Kreviasek song, which I also really, really like. Chantal <laughs> Kreviasek being this Canadian singer-songwriter who um, was sort of quasi-popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. Anyway, um, 
really just beautiful, beautiful piece of music. And uh, the score in general is very evocative and very kind of like wonderful. And then several years later, when they're putting out the trailer for Never Let Me Go, uh, they use this same piece of music from the, it's the, right. the, the track is called Reprise. And so they use that in the trailer for Never Let Me Go. And it became so weirdly popular uh, in that trailer that most people just assume that that music is the score for Never Let Never Me Go Let me to go. the point right. where like for a while it was like on YouTube in clips as like, you know, Never Let Me Go it was credited to Rachel Portman because Rachel Portman did the score for Never right. Let Me Go. Which, which is, is also an amazing score. score. Yeah, which is a score. tremendous <laughs> score. Yeah. Um, but so, and, and because The Door on the Floor was a little bit forgotten, um, totally. by, even by 2010, people just sort of just like, oh, that's the Never Let Me Go music. And it's like, no, nah, it's not really. Um, <laughs> But also the Never Let Me Go trailer is like really tremendous, and I watch that all the time. Um, and, and, so, and, and weirdly enough, Rachel Portman did the score for Cider House Rules. Yes, that's true. So there's it's like all, a weird it's all a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that's a really, Venn diagram a to be made somewhere. There really Which is. is also, I mean, Portman's yeah. one of my favorite composers. Is also yeah. is also an incredible score, the Cider House Rules score. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the one I brought because that's the one like that is def that's my that's number one, one score of 04. Yeah. Um, it's uh. Like I said, just really, really um, kind of wonderful. The score nominees that year too. I don't know if uh, if uh, any of you have taken a peruse. I, of I'm it. Look, I have the Oscars.org up now. So finding finding Neverland one. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, thank you. Yeah. We all remember that score. Um, yeah, I mean, right. We all always, remember that motion I'm picture. I'm always referencing it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like, I am not opposed to a memorable score from a mediocre movie. Like, I kind of love when that happens, actually, sure. because yeah. it's right. like something. But like, that is not the case with uh, the no, Finding the no, Run score. No, we Weirdly, there and there are other like. Obviously, John Williams, Harry Potter scores that third one. I feel it's like it's the third Harry Potter. Yeah. So, real quick, yeah. so real quick, Finding Neverland, Kesmeric, right? Harry Potter, yeah. Azkaban, John Williams, uh, yes. Series of Unfortunate Event, Thomas Newman, The Passion of the Christ, John Debney, wow, and yeah. The Village uh, by James Newton Howard. Great, I great will, score. I will say, yes, yeah. that one is great. I love The Village. The Village is the, I, is the vote. Yeah, The Village yeah. is a great score. The, obviously, the Williams stuff is good. The Newman score, I barely remember from that movie, but I think it's interesting. I love Thomas Newman. Me and too. I do think a pa The Passion of the Christ w w is very overwrought. The score, which yes. I guess it's very, is, it's, it's a lot whole, of like wailing and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the whole, yeah. It's like very, it's like it's like they they heard Lisa Gerard for yes. Gladiator, and there was a lot <laughs> yeah. of this during. People forget oh, there was a lot Gladiator of this during had this time. a long tail of imitators. That, the Lisa yeah. Gerard like ah, like that that <laughs> yep. thing like yes. oh Sharon that, that they people were doing that shit for yeah. like seven years. They were like, yeah. what well, mm -hmm. if we got a little like crazy and like very dramatic <laughs> the frustrating it, thing yeah. about the 04 score nominees is it's not just the door on the floor even though i think that should have won but like there were some tremendous scores in 2004 john bryan had two of them john bryan had the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind score uh, and yeah, yeah. the i heart huckabee score both of which i think would have very been good, good enough those are both to be nominated yeah. um, the score Al from the incredibles uh right michael giacchino's incredible score yeah. alexandra mm -hmm. desplas score for birth which is 
Oh yeah, man, that's a great. Yeah. You could, that would maybe be my number one. Honestly, actually, yeah, I would like trash it. all these nominees except yeah. the village. That would be the yeah. only one to preserve. And it's right? interesting, like, John Bryan's never been nominated. No, I know. It's 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 uh, just kind it's of too wild, bad. actually. Yeah. Uh, Alberto Iglesias for Bad Education was that year. Even like among the big Oscar movies, like I'm surprised that Howard Shore's score for The Aviator didn't get nominated sure. because score. like yeah. so many things from The Aviator got nominated. Um, yep. But anyway, so that's a category that probably could have done an almost entire revamp. I think I would keep The Village. I would keep uh, James Newton Howard, but that's probably the only one of those five that I would keep. Um, wow, but yeah. Yeah, even among those other ones, though, like I think The Door on the Floor is the one that felt most B-sides-y to me. Because, sure, yeah, uh, totally. It, it does feel like nobody really talks about it anymore, even though I think it's... Uh, it's worth a it's worth a look if anybody here is listening to this and hasn't seen it like go give it a give it a look although it is not available to uh to stream anywhere dan you you, you I brought know, that it's, up you, you, you i would bet you could get it from most libraries um I, yeah. yeah you can get it like from my local library uh chain yeah. you can get it so i think it's available i just think it's like not it's a shame it's this would be a perfect movie to be on you know prime video you know what i mean i'm I just still think... on netflix's disc plan now i want to go and check and see if it's available i would hope so disc. yeah you should check um, and see yeah sometimes uh, it's stuff isn't even available that way and that's when it yep. really uh really well then look me. i mean we it's obviously been you know been well covered but you know it's yeah. a scary moment for physical media obviously it is and I that's think... why i that's why i uh i hold on yeah. to it yeah. no and it's the right it's the right move i think that's a great pick yeah the door on the floor is a movie i love i saw it at the right time in my life you know i was probably 15 or 16 when I saw it and yeah. and I really liked the book and I had read a couple other things that uh Irving had written at that point uh prayer for Owen Meany and uh probably right. Cider House yeah and um yeah I just think it's it's in that weird period of Bridges's career where he's about like you kind of said this Joe he's like about to get that kind of like our old pal Jeff Bridges, like, right. come yeah. into the party, he's like, Jeff. He's like we finally a prestige you, right? actor, but it's like exactly. four years before that, so it's like that weird period where it's like everybody hated Tideland, right? Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, so he's in movies, and like a lot of them during that period, he gets that surprise nom for the contender, great yes. performance, yes. Un- kind of an underseen movie, yeah. Um, but even That's that like, was like it was such a for such a kind of a quirky performance, right? Where he he's plays playing the president. He's president like Jackson scenes. Evans, I believe, yes. is his name, and sort yeah. of borrowed some certain Clinton quirks of sort of, uh, but not yeah. entirely. He's not doing an impression, but like he's kind of the you know, he's like the neoliberal savior guy, right? And also the like the guy who's yeah. like Christian Slater with a sandwich. I was gonna say oh, like yeah. snacking on chicken wings after hours and stuff like that, like that kind of a president, right? He's like God, he's gonna Slater grab a snack. Slater in that movie. Ooh. Everyone in that movie is fucking amazing. Yeah. Slater Sam Slater great in that what's, movie. What's funny is Slater is like halfway to his weird character from the wife in the contender. He's like <laughs> he's kind of like the man writing it all down. Like yes. he did, you know it's funny he's done that a, a few times. He did that in interview with the vampire. Right. Yeah. Cuz yeah. he's giving the interview. He yeah. did it 
in he basically does it in murder in the first and then he does it right. he's done it like a few times where he's like i am the i am the one who's taking this all down and you're like yeah. okay okay christian it's true he's the cub, yeah. the cub reporter and in, in, in the bunch in, of things. Uh, in the yeah. contender yeah anyway but but that's a great pick um chris why don't we get yours and we'll start wrapping it up with like well kind of merge them all together yeah. i think as we i will say getting. uh door on the floor is available on netflix disc plan hey, if you want to hey, love you, that, you, love that. <laughs> so Good, good. So for my pick, we are going back just one Oscar ceremony to the films of 2003. Uh, On our show, we did a whole month-long miniseries on the Oscar season of 2003. There are a lot of flops that happened in that year or misfires, most notably Cold Mountain. Uh, I'm not talking about Cold Mountain. Cold Mountain was a big, like, you know, huge expectations and didn't... It did well. It got, like, seven Oscar nominations, but, like, not Best Picture, not Nicole Kidman. Uh, I want to talk about... Another race that it didn't get in, you might have expected it to. Uh, The costume design race of that year. Um, The movie that I would say that's not nominated and should be the winner, even though it never got anywhere close to Oscar, is Peyton Reed's Down with Love. Oh, wow, what a good pick. pick, buddy. Great good pick. We talk about this movie all the time. We were yeah. literally talking about it today, which is why it made me pick this no, movie. No, that's a good one. Damn. Uh, just for the simple reveal alone of Renee Zellweger's the lead, her sidekick is Sarah Paulson. There is a scene where they walk into oh, like yes. a bar cafe. One of them is in a checkered I'm gonna coat. I'm going to give you the score. A solid the, yellow. They're like, there's that little pop, pop, They do a little pose, and then they do a reveal set to the score of the movie that inside they're both wearing a dress that is the other person's print. The coat's also lined in that alternate print, too. But the rest of the movie is tremendous. It is basically... Basically, a send up, but also, you know, loving spoof of like Rock Hudson Doris Day movies mm. where, you yeah. know, I mean, Pillow Talk is the, Pillow Talk is the one it's like most directly yes. doing, at, at but, there's the a, but there's a visual language three of Pillow others. Talk, you know, yeah, you there's like the thrill of it all and, and like, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Ewan McGregor is this very noted uh, playboy womanizer. Renee Zellweger writes this feminist manifesto, feminist for the 60s, so none of it's really that feminist. (laughs) And they are at odds with each other. He puts on a persona uh, pretending to be some doofus to fall in love with her basically um and they both have sidekicks uh his sidekick is david hyde pierce their sidekicks of course are in a love story which now watching the movie it's even funnier because it's they both neither of them were out at the time but you have two queer actors playing a love story together right um and it's great. I think that, like, I described when we were talking earlier today uh, for one of our upcoming episodes, I described this movie kind of as a cult movie because at the time, you know, I think it did relatively well. I think it maybe did like 40 million at the box office. Uh, but it was up against the uh, maybe second weekend of Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Um, mm. So at most, like it was hoping to get Ewan McGregor to promote it as he was right. promoting I, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, right. Oh, three wouldn't have been Revenge of the Sith though. I'm trying to think of like. Uh, hold on. Was me... I'm looking it up. I'll it's look it up. 
it was it was the same it was it was competing against a major yeah mo- i guess it wasn't star was wars was it the what matrix the was, was it? it matrix reloaded so it's first so it's first week it matrix goes... it might have been matrix yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the first week it goes wide is the 6th may 16th it goes wide right that's got to be matrix and reloaded. it's it's the first week of matrix reloaded there. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like that. You have ready. You have Matrix Reloaded one, Daddy Daycare. Hello at number two. <laughs> X X two X Men United in its third week at three. Yeah. And then number four is Down with Love. Just and this movie that basically it's a studio movie. movie. It was a Fox release. Yep. Basically, its primary audience is gay men, and you know it's only going to do so well. But you know it. It definitely was a B-side movie at the time. You know, it's Renee Zellweger between Chicago and Cold Mountain. You know, the movie she almost won an Oscar for and the movie she does win an Oscar for. It's Ewan McGregor mid-Star Wars, but after um, Moulin Rouge. Yeah, they're both the biggest they ever were going to get, right, at that point. Right. Um, They have them do a musical number in it. It's a really great movie, and like Peyton Reed, even it feels like kind of a B side for him because you know when you think of Peyton Reed, unfortunately now you think of Ant Man movies. We bring it on. I I do feel like the like the internet is giving him because I feel like this movie is getting rediscovered. Down with Love. So I do feel yeah. like with the quantum mania of it all, people are like, you know what? Let Peyton make his money because nobody saw <laughs> Down with Love. And like, make another movie like yeah. this again. And I think part of the reason why this has become a more popular movie, even though I still feel like I'm constantly introducing people to it or recommending it and they haven't ever heard of it, is because it w- did become slowly available through streaming you know Mm -hmm. it never had a blu-ray release or it never had a hd release which feels criminal Um, actually because it's so beautiful yeah those visuals my god i mean i chose costume design for this because the costumes are great like the costumes not just the scene that i mentioned like costumes are punchlines in this movie you know a character will show up in a costume and it's funny Mm -hmm. there's a whole bit surrounding male garters in this movie that's so good that's right um but like it could have easily been the score for this movie. It could have been production design. Yeah. They do. There's yeah. a whole big reveal that you know is loving this type of 1950s, 1960s pastiche, but also making fun of it. It's the joke. Like there's mm-hmm. a reveal of when Renee Zellweger's character Barbara Novak goes into her amazing New York penthouse apartment, and you have the uh, automated uh, curtains that come open and reveal a fully like cardboard new york city skyline yeah and it's hilarious but it's fabulous yes um his name is the best too catcher Catcher block Block. like what a what a top 10 block man 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 about town Uh, (laughs) tremendous tremendous. it's a great great movie and actually can i just say to the to the point of the physical media thing actually weirdly enough i bought down with love on itunes and it has disappeared from my library, which Whoa. is a, which is a common, wow. which is a not un, sadly not uncommon yes. thing because yeah. the, when the rights get kind of wonky, yep, and it's such a bummer because it's like to the point of what we're talking about. It's like that I rewatch that movie yearly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and that might be lowballing it. So it's like 
Yeah, I need to figure out a way to like get that movie because I need to just it have it. It usually goes back and forth between HBO Max and Hulu now. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it's yeah. on either at the moment, but it usually you can find the movie now. Yeah, um, no, totally. The physical copy of it because I used to have the DVD of it and the like whatever the hard case came in fuchsia. Ooh, <laughs> so oh, I love that. I like, I like that. Yeah, I love that. So, when, it, Down with Love has the gag where like David Hyde Pierce is pretending to be. Uh, Ewan McGregor, right? And he like goes to his of, apartment, yeah. and there's all the switches. <laughs> he's like, for, like he's, all, he's like using like, his apartment. It's mm-hmm. not he's not pretending and, to be catcher. Am I making like, am I like making up that? He's using though, his apartment he, like, keeps, to look cooler he, so he can get. He laid, keeps like flicking, but like he cl- keeps yeah, flicking he's, the switches. He's messing everything yeah. up in the apartment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. And like the bed comes, like comes. He's out just of nowhere, but he's like just trying to like turn on the lights, and like the bed comes out, and the it's great, it's great, it's great. And now can we just quickly talk about? The, so the noms that year, right? So yes. L- Return of the King wins because it won everything, yes. right? Right. And then the other ones, it's kind of an interesting one. So Girl with the Pearl Hearing, The Last Samurai, Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World, and Sea Biscuit. I guess I don't think those are bad nominees overall. Which one do you I ditch? Which one do you I would ditch to get it in Girl there? Girl with Chris. the Pearl Earling, Earring only because I don't remember it that well, but I I do. Well, love... she had that pearl earring. She did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that's important. I do love the design of the Last Samurai. Like the armor yeah. design stuff oh, is yeah. incredible. That's a, that's, Last a, that's a no-brainer. That's probably Oscar the nominee. one I would keep out of anything because even though that you movie could lose has, C- uh, I guess you could problems. lose. C- you could lose. Seamus gets one I of those like, oh, it's like it's costumes from the you know Time. 30s yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like it's just very like I don't think there's anything particularly memorable. Like, it's good work. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't want to slight the work, but I don't think there's anything particularly challenging about like oh, just like clothes from you know the 30s or 40s or whatever right versus like there's a lot going on in master well you do have to source that you do have to source that biscuit though which i think (laughs) not just just any biscuit you have have to go to the sea you have to go to the sea you have to wait around you have to figure it out so i guess yeah sea biscuit sorry judiana makovsky and the other thing about like return of the king like not to slight the the lord of the rings movies because they really love those but like by the third one you've kind of explored right. the possibilities of right. the costumes mm-hmm. yeah, of middle earth that no that's a good point and like even if you're giving it best picture that year as a cursory like hey all three three of these are yeah. good good job yeah yeah i i'd be curious to did it win costume design the previous two years as well no i don't uh, think it, no I, okay. because, because the previous year was so. chicago would have won right yeah. yes right 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 um, it might have won the first time around, though, because it did win a bunch of awards for fellowship. For, yeah. You know what always believe. kills me in that opening, just to bring up Chicago quickly? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, and I love Steve Martin so much, and it's not his fault. He makes that fucking pro Harvey Weinstein joke that's so tough to deal with, where he's like, people always get on Harvey Weinstein because of the way how he campaigns, and this is what he did to get the nomination yeah. for Chicago. He made a really good movie that everybody loves, and then it cuts to Harvey Weinstein, who's got this shit-eating fucking smile yeah. on his face, and it's like, yeah. I love Steve Martin as an Oscar host. I think he's so underrated, and when I rewatch that opening, I'm like, no, Steve! I'll say this, though. <laughs> That's in not the... even the movie Harvey was gunning for to win that I know, season. I the know. thing in the oh. long and uncomfortable history of uh, people you love saying complimentary things about Harvey Weinstein Einstein at award shows and they, <laughs> there's a lot of them i know that's, too many that's not even the worst one that year a friend of mine sent me the clip of richard gear uh, accepting the golden globe that year oh, for God. chicago and like gear like goes in on a defense of harvey weinstein really and, like, like really puts his neck out for for harvey in a way that i'm just like Ooh, God. what would buddha say come he on was, he, he was he like he like uh 
called out the new yorker for uh for a bad profile like that they, they had written about him yeah. and anyway moulin rouge was the one that beat fellowship of the ring for costumes uh, in 2001 yeah. right oh, so. well, i mean go. the i would say the thing about return of the king winning costumes for this movie i mean you know i understand if it had never won costumes whatever but like the mo- the thing that famously Return of the King didn't get nominated for was cinematography. And yeah, would right. you rather have this movie nominated in cinematography or costume design? Right. right. Like yeah. if right. you so you're saying if you could rewrite history and still keep the Return of the King sweep, you would just swap take, those two take it out of that category out. and yeah. put it in this. Yeah. That's, that's God, I, here's I, a question: I, What one? What one Lord of the Rings? Yeah, Chris doesn't denied. like the Lord of the Rings. Here's the thing, much. though: Master and, com- so Master far, and Commander won cinematography, long. though, so that you'd have to take I it away. I wouldn't from take that. that away. I know. I mean, like, would I would give Master and Commander most of yeah. Lord of the Rings Oscars. Yeah. I have no problem with Sea Biscuit. I don't. But let me just say this: Yeah, it's fine. I love that you're almost saying that as like a qualifier, but before the Sea Biscuit stands, come to burn the place down, right? And I know you guys talk about this stuff all the time on your podcast. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the King's speech either, okay? No, and that's my fine. year. Spoiler: yeah. that that's my year, and we'll, so we'll get to. It. But like, man, like Seabiscuit got like so many nominations for a movie that's just a sports movie. I mean, it's just a sports right. movie about Seabiscuit. I mean, that's yeah. all it is. It's yeah, like... and it was considered one of the surprises of Oscar morning too, because yeah. it was considered a summer movie, and at that point, summer movies, blah 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 right. blah. Right. Like, yeah, again, Seabiscuit's fun. Can I just throw out two other movies from 03 that also probably could have got costume design sure. nominations? Uh, given I mean, this Cold field? Mountain. Well, yeah, but I, I I, don't even think, like, Cold Mountain has good costumes, but, like, uh, I'm looking at my own list, though, and, like, Kill Bill Volume 1 with that, Ooh, like, yeah. iconic uh, jumpsuit. Whatever, jumpsuit yeah. situation that uh, Uma Thurman had, plus, like, Lucy Liu with yeah. her sort of outfit by the end, and yeah. all of the Crazy 88 stuff. Like, there's a ton of really good costume That's work a great that. call. Even actually. Vivica then, Fox in her, like, velour. Totally, like, totally, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then yep. the yep. one one that, like, you wouldn't think of as a costume nominee from this genre, but, like, A Mighty Wind did tremendous oh, yeah. stuff with, like, fucking New Main wow, Street yeah. singers and their uh, little outfits. And wait, what was the other one that I was thinking of with uh, A Mighty Wind and costumes? Um, but just even just like just even just for that, even just for the New Main Street singer stuff. I'm just like, it's it's <laughs> well, you run really, into really that thing with stuff. costume, right? I mean, once again, where it's I mean, this is well-tread territory, but it's like, you know, the period stuff gets overly, you know, you know covered and overly yes. oh, celebrated yeah, yeah which is why I there's a lot of sameness in just in this year in the category it feels like it's all the same thing nominated even well, though the movies the are fairly different the ruth carter getting so much love for the black panther movies i love mm-hmm. yeah i don't love those black panther the first one i like fine but like i don't love those movies but but the fact that she won exactly. and is getting credit is yeah. like wow mm-hmm. that's that is progressive for oscar right totally. because for the academy because yep. it's like it's not you know uh the young victoria or something right you know right or, you know, whatnot. well um, and like sometimes costume i mean lately it feels like you get kind of fun nominees that wouldn't you wouldn't think would necessarily happen that are outside of even if they're a costume movie like mrs harris goes to paris and like there have been curveballs in this category before like adventures of priscilla winning yes, sure um, sure Velvet Goldmine. I was going to say Velvet Goldmine was a nominee, right? Yeah. 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 What um, was the Margot Robbie period one where it's all denim and got nominated? Uh, like recently. Oh, What's the uh, name of that uh, movie? Um, uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Is that what? Yeah, that was a yeah. that was like a cool 
like period like for a second you said history. denim and i was like i pictured like uh, her in the royal court like wearing like jeans or <laughs> i'm wrong like that. i guess i'm wrong like... about my but you know what i mean you know how the costumes were like they were yes they no were, i like, know what yeah. you're, i know what you're talking about yes. they're like yeah, idiosyncratic yeah. for the yep. time and mm-hmm. i always love that that got not a great movie i don't think but like no it was always but, yeah. interesting and got nominated that's a good example too of like totally. a cooler nom yeah. for that yeah um all right, so let me just do mine, Connor. Is yes. that okay? Yeah, no, yeah. no you made right, a good so segue with now, the King speech. So now let me just say, right. So yeah. let me say this: I don't know that this movie is a B side, but here's the deal. Well, the I've movie said I this... don't think needs to be yeah. a B side. So, just something that didn't and get God nominated. knows this guy. Won, yeah. I think he was in the conversation, but I don't know that he. Uh, you guys, Chris and Joe, you can tell me how close he got. I have said on our podcast more than once that what I think is the best performance I've ever seen given on film is. Stephen Dorff in somewhere. Oh, it is my. Uh, it is my. We, we, we talked about Stephen Dorff in somewhere. It is yeah. my. If you gun to my head, you're like, "What's the best performance you've ever seen in a film?" It's yeah. Stephen Dorff in somewhere. I can't really even explain it. Yeah, there's something so natural about the performance. I've watched it so many times. I like love that. I can't uh, explain how much I love that performance. I just think there's so many little things like when he's putting the Propecia in his hair, you know, he's, he's putting yep. the shit in his hair, taking the Propecia, looking at his hair. Every time he smokes one of his cigarettes, the cast, um, his reaction to uh, his daughter, who's, who's Elle Fanning, in all these different moments, the end where she can't hear him. And, oh, my, like, I yes. weep. I love it. Yeah. Best performance I've ever seen. Anyway, so that that's my pick. Yeah. Um, that is the That is the 83rd Academy Awards which is for the 2010 movies, right? Yes. So yeah. Yeah. the other actors, just to give some context, is now that's the King's Speech here, like I mentioned. Firth wins for King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Javier Bardem gets the nomination for Beautiful. Bridges gets the nom for True Grit. Eisenberg for Social Network. And then our boy, Jimmy Franco, for 127 hours. And then, I don't know if you guys remember. The year he hosted. He yeah. hosted. Yeah. And yeah. let me tell you something. I rewatched a few of those bits today. Yeah. And man, Anne Hathaway should have just gotten her first Oscar for that just. She really, like, she was trying her. She, damnedest. that poor woman. I know. Like, they should have given her a lever to crank open, <laughs> like, to open a tank of sharks that he fell is, into. Maybe they should have opened some kind it of is door great. In, the in the floor. floor. In the floor. In the floor. Here's the thing, though. I remember when I watched it thinking, oh, this isn't going well. But, like, yeah. you know how you're watching and you're doing that thing where you're like, oh, this isn't going well, but all right. I see right. what they're doing. And there's right. at least when I watch these things, I'm trying, I'm like, you're like rooting for what's you're happening. You're in it with them. So you're just right. like moment by moment now, with them. Yeah. Now, movie stars used to host the Oscars. It's true. Very commonly. Mm-hmm. Paul Hogan fucking hosted it sure. with like four <laughs> other people. Um, so not even movie stars can host it sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> hey, you watch, um, you watch your mouth. I know. Sorry. So Paul Hogan, I, uh, Mr. Hogan, uh, he, he's an avid listener. No. Um, anyway. That's such an insane. We don't need to go down the rabbit hole, but the Franco thing—it is insane. Like to watch yeah. a dude on stage on live television halfway through a thing, literally be like, "Not only I do up. I not, yeah. not only do I not want to be here, but I'm going to like as part of a meta thing, which he's all about, as we know, yeah. like try to sabotage it." while it's happening i don't yes. like you, what what could compare to that I, it's so crazy anyway, here's a question yeah. is he the he's is he the performance you get rid of well that so this you're... brings me to so this brings me to the question so what do you take out if you're going to put 
our, our beautiful boy, Stephen Dorfin. I think Firth has to stay. I do think it's a great performance. I, I think, personally. yeah, Eisenberg's the the iconic performance. You got to keep an Eisenberg, who probably should have, of the five, won, right? He should, yeah. probably should have won. I can't speak. I think Javier Bardem in Beautiful might be the most recent acting nominee that I haven't seen. I do love him in that movie. Yeah. I, I just heard it was I, like, the, all I ever heard about that movie was just like, it's so crushingly depressing. And I was like, yeah, well, so that was a movie. Um, yeah, so, I'll watch sorry, other things. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> no, I mean, y- yes, it's all of that, but he is great. I mean, the That's one that the I, that movie, yeah. the one that I would ride for, and I, I, I have uh, really gone hard on this movie before, is Jeff bridges in true grit is the movie i would give him an oscar for he's absolutely tremendous i think there would have been if he hadn't won for crazy heart a movie we don't talk about no one remembers right i can't say that i probably remember javier bradem in beautiful more than i remember jeff bridges in crazy heart and if that hadn't happened there's no question in my mind he would have been he would have defeated Colin Firth. Um, it's it's one of those years. It's so easy to do just to flip flip flop him, right? Have Kurt yeah. have Firth win for a single man, even though oh, that's a movie yeah. that like a lot of people didn't really care for. People liked him, but they didn't really care for the movie. Right. Um, sometimes for good reasons and sometimes for homophobic reasons and whatever. Um, but then you <laughs> he's like so, he's that so movie good in that movie, though. He's, yeah, great. he's great. He's tremendous. Yeah, I love man. him in that movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably I think people are are happier if if you do it the other way around. There was no way Firth was going to lose for the King speech. That was the best picture frontrunner. Right. He had a very sort of demonstrative physical sort of task to do in sure. that movie with right. mastering the stutter and all of that. So that's that's uh, yeah. I do think a real person. I do think yeah. you take Franco out. I mean, I you know, I mean, I think. And I do think Franco's good in that movie. I was going to say, say if I had to pick a James Franco performance to nominate for an Oscar. Sure. Sure. I was never on board with that movie or that performance. I, I think I, I, it's been forever since I've seen it and I don't really think about it too much. So maybe you have a point. We were recently talking about, um, we had Chad Harbold on our podcast and we were talking about, um, into the wild is a movie Mm that I would be a little afraid to go back and rewatch only because mm-hmm. you get older and then movies sure. like that not, sure. and 127 hours being another example. It's like, I don't think I want to go back and watch it in the wild. Cause now that I'm older and I have kids and stuff, I'm like, Bitch, get out of the woods. I was like, going to say, what are you doing? Yeah, I think you're I on Marsha Gay Harden's side. Yeah. I think and 127 I think, hours is different, though. It's no, like a different, I don't think it is. No, because I think though. he's That's just, he's not doing, he's just out doing a thing. You know what I mean? No, like, he's dude, just he leaves doing his an outdoor phone, thing. dude. He doesn't tell anybody where he's going. It's like, bro, you are, I know he's a real person. I'm sorry to this man, <laughs> but you were asking for that shit, dude. You're going out hiking. You didn't let anybody know you left your phone at home. Go back and get your phone, guy. Get your phone. What are you doing? The wild thing about 127 Hours is most people remember it as being like a movie with one actor. There's like eight cast yeah. members and they're all people who you know. You know what right. I mean? They're all Tamlin, right? Tamlin's in that movie. Yeah. Kate Mara's in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Clemence Posey from the Does Harry Potter Lizzie movies. Lizzie Kaplan plays the sister, right? Lizzie Kaplan plays the sister. Kate Burton is his mother. Yeah, Treat Williams is the dad. Treat Williams is his dad. Yeah, exactly. I almost picked Treat as my pick for which uh for prince the city oh i've uh, never seen that movie that's great either i did i did not but i'm just bringing it up because people should watch prince of the city because it's a fucking great performance well that's a really also a great movie. example um so prince of the city without giving much away it's it's it's, it's such a tough lead role like it's he's such an unlikable person 
Um, and it's one of those roles where it's like, you could see how, like, not no offense to Treat Williams, he's great in the movie, but yeah. like, how the offer got to Treat makes sense because like, I bet there was a lot of A-listers, and got at that point Treat was like really big too because he had just had hair and whatnot, and like, right. he, but but but. It's a hard role. Like you watch a movie, and you're like, "This guy sucks." Like it's like it's it's not like Serpico, right? It's like right. I was gonna say, I was gonna say see if this movie was sort of like Serpico. Okay, it's almost like Lumet yeah. made another. It was almost like Lumet was like, "Oh, you know what? Serpico was almost like too saint sainted in my movie. Let me sure. like make another movie that talks about how cops <laughs> cops aren't always that great." Uh huh. Uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and and um. And it's a better movie than Serpico. I mean, I like Serpico fine. Prince of the City is is a way better movie, and I think it's like Lumet getting better. And anyway, so I didn't. It's a good. Didn't that would have been a good one. pick, though. I didn't that pick that. I mean, I just I wanted to spot check it because people should watch it, and it might be what maybe it might be a movie we cover someday. But yeah, uh, but I didn't want to take it away from Henry Fonda for On Golden Pond. So there you go. You know, I, you I, I didn't, yeah. didn't want to disrupt. I didn't want to disrupt that. that. So so I didn't do that. Uh, and then I, so then I, I came to the movie that I, I picked, which is Deep Cover. Oh, and spectacular. Here, here's, here's the thing. And I think- Wait, Dan, for what category? Well, for okay, best picture? this is, I, I picked the movie first. Like, I was like, no, you know what? Sure. I'm going to fucking talk about Deep Cover because it yeah, fucking sure, rules. Sure. Bill Duke. So, and yeah. it's not, it's a little, not unlike Down With Love. I mean, you know, Down With Love doesn't have a Criterion release, though it should. But I feel like Deep Cover It'd is be a great criterion. A, I feel like Deep Cover is a more newly minted classic kind of kind of sure. thing. Um, yeah. So I don't, you know, it's stretching the B side thing a little bit. But so the year would be 1993 Oscars. So that's like the Tomei win. Um, yep. That's Unforgiven, right? So this is where I got a little like I was like, well, what category do I pick? I almost was going to say Bill Duke. Sure. Um, Director. That, yeah, because sure. that just would have been cool. But I just thought to myself, like, eh, but he, like, the it's a very well-directed movie, but the strongest thing about it is Lawrence Fishburne. So I got to sure. go Fishburne. So I almost thought about Goldblum, too, but I didn't want to take that Oh, away. the scent of a woman year. I, yeah, no, that, that's why Fishburne kind of became the easy pick, because I do think that Al Pacino performance sucks. And so... <laughs> See, I always like, defend the performance. I do, too, I, okay, actually. Sucks, sucks yeah. is maybe strong. It's just like, in the grand scheme of Al Pacino, he you're has like... the greatest you're like, line delivery <laughs> ever. What Bra sucks Bra is not that they're nominating Al Pacino for that movie. They're always going to nominate Al Pacino for doing that in that movie. Does that movie need to be a Best Picture, Best Director nominee? No, I no, I, so. yeah, I don't know about wait, that. Wait, I want. Yeah, the, I wait, what's the line reading though, Dan? You, oh want... no, it's one of my favorite things in any movie ever, and I mean this sincerely. Bradley Whitford's giving him all that shit, right, because of how yeah. he got blind, right? He's yeah. like showing off, right? He's like, he's like, idiot, forgot that there was still a bullet in the chamber, gun went off, blood is, and then literally <laughs> cuts to Pacino and he goes, the one that got away. It's like <laughs> one of my thing. favorite lines. In this any is why movie. I will always stand up for like. It's I mean, he knows it's, what it's, he's doing. It's he in knows the realm what he's doing. of why I stand up for the Sandra Bullock blindside thing, where it's oh, like sure. I wouldn't have voted for the Sandra Bullock blindside, but like it's 
it's a movie star performance, right? It's, it's not a movie great star feat of yeah. acting, but it's like at that point, especially in his career, that's sort of like you, you know, this is why you buy the ticket. It's that Jimmy Connors quote when he ran the table at the U.S. Open that one year late in his career, where it's yep. like, this is what they paid for, and it's like, this is what you paid for with with El Pacino. That's yeah, why that's... you buy the ticket is to sort of get the full Pacino experience, and yeah. it's line readings like that. That's exactly it. Yeah. And it always Isn't that killed... movie like yeah. a whole three ass hours long. It's like two and a half hours. Is it that long? long? Is it's it like. Really? Jesus. It's like two and a half hours long. I only ever see it when it's on TV, so I never really get a down. sense of how. Yeah, I guess it is. It's yeah. very long. Yeah, he's like, give all of the scent of a woman nominations to Deep Cover. Yeah, kind, kind <laughs> of. I mean, that I can't kind, argue with that. Of. Yeah, and yeah. so Deep Cover, just real quick, it's a it's a cop thriller drama uh, starring Lawrence Fishburne, who goes in Deep Cover uh, and infiltrates essentially a drug ring. He winds up partnering with jeff goldblum who's like a smarmy drug lawyer who's also trying to kind of work his should, way up. should have probably also been nominated well that that was gonna i i the my three options i felt like as i rewatched the movie was like it was either fishburne goldblum or bill duke were gonna be my things but that's the year that hackman wins for unforgiven which is also like the thanks for being gene hackman like <laughs> thing you know so and he's uh, amazing and unforgiven. He's like, I, I, yeah. my thing, I like unforgiven, but I do think Gene Hackman is the reason it gets nominated for all of the other Oscars too. Kind sure. of, um, man, I did forget David Pamer. God bless. Got that nom for Mr. Sure Saturday night. And you know what? He's fucking great in that movie. I gotta say, I, I, part of me is like crystal said he wouldn't host unless Pamer got nominated. That was the payola. <laughs> that was the payola that they got it through. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Not is a great actor. I love David Paymer probably could have been nominated for Quiz Show a few years later. And Please, I would have supported God, that. He's so let good that, that be true. Crystal <laughs> calls John Academy. He's like, "Hey, man. Hey, John Academy." Well, awards. Crystal really wanted a nom. He worked. He worked for a nomination for himself that year. Like, he really, I think, thought that Mr. Saturday Night was going to be his big, you know, I don't know, like you yeah. know, Lenny or something like that. Yeah, but uh, his, 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 you know, what what was Bullets Over Broadway or something? Yeah, right? like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, sorry, but, Connor. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. But ba basically, I went with I went with Larry over I, I would and I would probably take out Al, like even sure. among because it's a relatively, I think. Good. Well, you got Denzel, Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah. Which like you yeah. got you I, got RDJ for Chaplin. Great performance. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And it's a Clint so it's a, for Unforgiven. Stephen Ray, would, I think, is tremendous in The Crying. Right. Yeah, Stephen Ray is great in The I Crying think, Game. And I, yeah. So I think Al, yeah, yeah, I think Al is the one that I ditch. So you get Larry, Larry for Al. And then if you wanted to sneak, would you also take Gene out for Jeff, Jeff G? No, that's why I went with the Lawrence Fishburne pick, because I wouldn't, like, I feel like if I was going to slide Jeff Goldblum in there... Yeah, I yeah. don't think you you couldn't take out Jay Davidson. No, right? such an iconic. And thing. not right. after all. I mean, Crystal wouldn't have hosted without David Would you take David out both of the Pacinos? Take out Pacino for Glenn Gary? I think I, I think I <laughs> no, would. Not I think Glenn I would because Pacino. if you're going to nominate someone from Glenn Gary, <laughs> no. Baldwin. it's Baldwin, right? Yeah. Like that's, and supporting. Yes. Yeah, I like, think the I think the nomination from from Glenn Gary is Lemon in lead, but like lead right. then starts to get yeah. real crowded. But yeah, that, yeah it's, it's Baldwin does he does do the thing I do love about supporting where it's like. In and out it's, and boom, boom, yeah, boom. It's you're the done. exact reason <laughs> yeah. there should be 
like it's like the Ruby D nomination, right? Where you're like, like we should make a, a another acting category that's well, like five minutes or less. Well, I just always think supporting <laughs> should be more like that. Yeah. Nominating Baldwin for that movie in that year would be funny because it's Baldwin's there for the the scene in the beginning, and then Nicholson. For as much as Nicholson's in like three or four scenes in that movie, and a few good men, just you're nominating end. him for the end of that movie, yeah, right? Yes. So you're Correct. getting yeah. the big blowout opening scene and the big blowout ending scene in those two that would have been that would have been kind of nice in its way yeah. yeah i mean nicholson is great in that movie so that's good. a good pick though yeah deep cover which did did well it wasn't like a flop or anything but certainly was yeah was was kind of lawrence fishburne's you know well, should it's the year been, it's, should, the, it's the year before he gets nominated for, for for what's love got, got, got to do with it, it. yeah so it does, it does it, feel like the kind of thing that like i'm sure people saw it and were like oh he's really doing some good work right and then it's love, always like crazy to he me gets the that, the final, you know obviously lawrence richard's had an incredible career but it's always crazy to me that it could have been for lawrence it, it could have been three in a row it could have literally been cry or sorry deep cover into what's love into pulp fiction well, but he turned oh, it down to make Bad Influence with Alan Barkin. Well, and I'll is, take you a step further, too. Yeah. In 1991, I denominated him for Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Oh, right. Supporting Boys in the Hood. And sorry, it's not Bad Influence, Bad Company. It is. But yes, so it right. is, that is interesting, too. Yeah, because I feel like that sort of confirms what I was saying, which is like... It God, does, I forgot about Boys in the Hood, of course. It, yeah. yeah. And obviously from what, you know, with... Uh, what's love got to do with it? Playing a real person, that whole yeah. deal, right? Like, but that almost, yeah, in the face of both Boys in the Hood and Deep Cover, is like, oh, you know what? He's been doing good work. Like, yeah, let's just put it out there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't God, know. God, all those Bugsies, not all those Bugsy nominations, and <laughs> couldn't get one, <laughs> couldn't get one Boys in the Hood. Nom. You know, that Bugsy nomination is Harvey Keitel's only Oscar nomination. Is that not it's so the craziest? Correct. Thing? That, that is the, that is, is, that that is the craziest thing. I think so. Right? No, I don't think true, he got true. nominated for Taxi Driver, did he? I don't believe so. No, and, no. Did he, and he didn't get Maybe nominated there's for the one other. He one, didn't get nominated I... for the piano, right? He did not. No. No. Yeah, he yeah, gets nominated his only Oscar for one Oscar. He did get. Well, well, hang on. He did. We did, we should say it wasn't him technically, but he did get best penis for the piano. We should yeah, say that's that. right. That's right. right. We should also, say that, that was a that was a <laughs> that was a specialty award. Well, no, no, no right. Chris, he got he got he got it for the piano as a make good for Bad Lieutenant. For, it was kind yeah, of yeah. snubbed for Bad Lieutenant. It was yeah, a yeah, snub, yeah. and then they that were like, we should really give it to him for this one. Yeah, yeah. That's um, right. This Oscar ceremony, though, I'm glad that you brought up a year that we can yeah. mention this because this is one of my favorite Oscar years. You have Bram Stoker's Dracula getting three Oscars. That Aiko Ishioka Oscar is maybe my favorite Oscar win, period. For the costumes, yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, you're Howard's right. End, Stone Cold fucking masterpiece. Yep. Love that Marissa movie. Tomei winning. Uh, Death Becomes Her winning Best Visual Effects. Like, I love this Oscar It's a good ceremony. Oscars. It is. It's a yeah, very so good Yeah, so Bram Stoker wins sound effects, makeup, and costume. Yeah, yeah, and had had the nom for art direction, which Howard's then wins, which is a good win. Um, wow, yeah, good year, a good year. Right, the like, Altman yeah. gets nominated for the player that year. Yep, that's a good. That's year. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably should have. Probably should have won. Well, here's a question. I was listening to um, actually in that Elizabethtown episode, you were talking with uh, Phil about. It just sounded like an interesting prompt, just and it had me thinking about it. What was your like? And I'm sure you guys have talked about it, so apologies to to retread it. But what was like your first year you remember Oscar, like as a person, as a young person? And I was trying yeah. to think of mine, and mine was 
the, the Sylvester English, Stallone the, film the, Oscar. I love that. <laughs> was um, the the English patient year. That's my year too. Because my mom, who who we uh, we talk about a lot in this podcast, past and future guests, my mom, um, she loved the English Patient. She any movie like the English Patient out sure. of Africa, right? Any like kind of high prestige, yeah, Cas- Casablanca adjacent type yeah. of a thing. Uh, Julie At least Mecca. two hours and forty yeah, minutes yeah. long. Like yeah. another one, the like the end of the affair. You guys have talked about, or or at least referenced in the Julian Moore of it all. Like, yeah, she mm-hmm. loved that movie, right? Like she loves those types of movies, and um, she loved that movie, and that's why I think why I watched it, and I remember like. Mm-hmm. Who and it, who must have been Billy Crystal, right? Who hosted? Now I got to remember. It Billy Crystal Billy. hosted the '92 Oscars. Billy Crystal, yeah. No, no, but the English patient. Oh, the won. English patient year that was uh, Billy Crystal as well, because I remember uh, his That's opening. That's the Cuba Gooding year, right? Yeah, yeah. That, his opening yeah. Uh, little song and even before the song and dance thing, he does the little like you know Billy Crystal is inserted in in different movies from the year, and uh, he's in he's in the desert for the English patient. And right. all of a sudden, it's the little biplane comes in and starts firing <laughs> on him, and it's Letterman in the biplane, uh, and good. he's going, "What you do is you introduce Uma to Oprah, and you introduce Oprah to Uma." And Crystal's Very like, good. "No, no, go away, get out of here." Um, Very good. The, for me, I I don't know if I was I was I remember watching parts of Oscar ceremonies. I don't think I was allowed to like stay up and watch the whole thing for a while, but I remember like. Jack Palance doing the one-armed push-ups and Crystal oh, wow. wearing the Hannibal Lecter mask at the 91 so that, Oscars. Right, right, right. I remember... It's wild you can remember that, Joe. You are only two years old. <laughs> I know, Joe. Wow. Uh, thank you for shaving that near decade off of my age. Um, uh, 92, I remember uh, parts of it. I, re- I also remember like the next morning like in the newspaper going to check like the morning newspaper that my parents would like get uh, first thing to like see what won Best Picture. That's what I remember doing at a younger age. Like just yeah. kept, like actually like seeing it on the front page or whatever it was. And then know? it yeah. was the Forrest Gump Pulp Fiction year that i actually like begged my parents to step and like by then i was i'm pretty sure in eighth grade um and so like they you know should have let me <laughs> stay up by then like god damn it um but uh that was the one i was like the most invested in as like a I really I had not seen Pulp Fiction, but I knew I wanted it to win. I knew that like the oh, cool really? people so you back even then you were the like the cool people wanted Pulp Fiction to win. That's and so funny. did I. So yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Connor, yeah. what about you? Do, I feel like the your... first one I remember was also the English patient year, but the first I one, love it. But, so but, but the, but the first one I remember watching front to back was the Titanic year. Sure. Yeah, I think I that's thought, the, I think that's the so first that time I like initial, watched a full ceremony like My initial inclination time. was that it was Titanic, but then I did remember and and also and also my mom being a big Barbara lover, I think it was also in that 96 year The Mirror's Two Faces was at least in the periphery. So I think mm-hmm. it was also like my mom loved that movie, loved that movie. So like Lauren Bacall famously got you know didn't win, right, which I think we talked about um but you know, Benoche beats her kind of in a, in a shock um, yeah. uh, in that respect. Now, what about, so, yeah, so I think, wow, all good picks. Um, I realize I didn't summarize somewhere, but you know what? It's okay, because <laughs> it's it very out. simple. It's very Check simple. It Check out. it out. It's a good movie. It's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> um, but I was going to, 
ass. Oh, you know what's? I'm just Go whatever. Ahead. Now that we're freewheeling here, one yeah. that I almost picked because I as I was thinking of like just '80s Oscars, uh, I almost was gonna angle for Ray Liotta and something wild. Sure, mm. um, that's a good one. And I think he, I think all three of them got nominated for Golden Globes that year. Um, but none of them got nominated for Oscars, yeah, if I right. am recalling Yeah, I that think correctly. that's right, because I definitely remember Melanie Griffith being a Golden Globe nominee for that one. And uh, then she would get, she got nominated the next year for Working Girl, right? For Working Girl. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And yeah, and that's, whatever, that's, you know, like, I, I R.I.P., like, ha- had always kind of like an ebb and flow with, like, Leota performances as I got to like movies and sure. stuff and whatever sure. when but, i was a younger when i was a younger man i remember the one i would have picked i mean it would have been up there and what i would have picked for this actually i thought he was incredible in narc oh yeah I, great performance. i just oh, remember sure. being, there was a campaign there yeah there definitely was there was. yeah because yes. i remember mm-hmm. just being like oh my god what a crazy good performance like he is yeah. so have you guys done an episode movie. on narc no we, have we haven't we could right because it did tom cruise I mean, produced yeah, wouldn't have Yep, Got the movie that the movie that got Joe Carnahan in the seat for Mission Impossible Three, and then yeah, I think that's right, and then, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. out of and then out of the seat. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> now let me quickly ask because as we're kind of wrapping, you know, kind of slowly wrapping up, like so for this year, you know, uh, the 2023 Academy Awards for the 2022 yes. movies, are there any like wins you would so? Like, are there well, any, why don't we like, just do the same exercise? Let's just. Well, is there anything that's not nominated gonna, right. that you would just plug in? Oh, over. I, I yeah, was Chris, almost going to be petulant and pick this current year because I'm still so <laughs> pissed that Saint Omer is not an international feature nominee. I think yeah, that movie's a that's a fucking masterpiece. I think you know that's a movie that we're going to be talking was it, about. Was it submitted? It it was. Uh, see, that uh, it was more. the French yeah. submission. Yeah, uh, yeah. and. You know, considered a surprise to not be there on Oscar morning. But I think, you know, we're going to be talking about that movie. We're going to be talking about Ali Siop for longer than we're going to be talking about any of those movies nominated. Yeah. Um, you don't think you don't think we're going to be talking about Edward Berger for the next <laughs> years? Uh, director of God of War, the movie. Um, <laughs> wah, wah. What is that? That movie is so crazy where like they right there. There's that one sound the whole movie. Right. When it like yeah. ramps up, it's like the. Wah, wah. I'm like, what is the very overdetermined <laughs> score? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not, I did not hate that movie, but it was certainly like a great example. I was talking to my father in law about this, where it was like, the reason the beginning of Saving Private Ryan is so effective is because it's just the beginning. Yes. Right. right. If you make, if you make the, the beginning whole movie of out Saving of Private Ryan, yeah. the whole movie, by yes. the end, you're going to be like, well, I just like to die. I think and right. never watch this movie again. Like, right. like it's like yeah. watching someone play a video game. It's it, crazy. It, I mean, like for a movie that thinks that it's about you know uh, that it's being an anti-war movie, it certainly loves violence. Yeah, um, well said. It's really well said. Yeah, I mean, Joe, what about you? Is there any like standouts for like I can't believe this was nominated, or in a perfect world this would have been nominated? Or... I mean, I talked about this a lot in when I did the blank check, the blank uh, check, blanky yeah. awards uh, recently, but. Uh, one of my favorite movies of this year was Terrence Davies' Benediction. Sure. And Hell yeah. I understand why it wasn't a big player in the Oscars. It it didn't really it it, it I mean it opened, you know what I mean? Like it it but it it didn't really. It was a very sort of like it was a quiet uh opening. Nobody really paid too much attention to it. I think Terrence Davies sort of 
doesn't always have movies that feel like they, you know, have their moment in the greater culture. And it's really too bad with this one because, like, I think Jack Loudon is going to end up being, like, a really big star and will probably mm-hmm. end up being an Oscar nominee for something at some point. I love and his I love great that. candidate to be the next James Bond, I'll tell you. That and man he, and, is and uh, I'll tell you, he, a handsome I, man. <laughs> I love his show. That show, Slow Horses. He's great in that show. Oh, is he in Slow Horses? I gotta watch He's Slow the lead. Horses. He's the lead of that show. I gotta watch show. that show. Yeah, he's, I never watched it. Great... I just wish they were like that's... a little faster. Like just a <laughs> oh, little... pick up the pace a little yeah. bit with the horses. Like Quick uh, horse. He is also uh Sersha Ronan's partner. I know. So, I know. Good yeah. for quite both the, of them. Quite the couple. Yeah. That is a pretty couple. But My that God. is like highest recommendation. Go check that out. It's one of those movies that you read the it's description and it's movie. like, oh, it's about a poet in World War One and he's gay and things are very sad. And it's like, that's part of it. But there's part of it that is just like uh this incredibly um sort of uh, bitchy and gossipy uh, gay life of the 1920s in oh it's the best in yeah. britain and it's fun like there's a lot there's a lot of this movie that is sad but there's a lot of well, that also, movie that is like, don't, you feel like this, don't you feel like this yeah. year is full of movies like even some of the ones that got nominated that i like i feel like a yeah. lot of movies this year that got nominated are like that where like you describe them but then yes. you have to follow it up with, but way better than that sounds. But it's like, way more fun like, than it sounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the fable, the fablements. Yeah, perfect. Is, a perfect is the, yes. is the yeah. first one I think of yeah. where it's like, yes. I was like, my parents were like, oh, it seemed a little sad. I was like, no, no, no. Like, let's just watch it. Like, you'll like it. And they yes. liked it. Right? I mean, it's Tar, like, describing Tar right, to people. Right. I'm like, yeah. but it's a comedy. It is <laughs> yeah. a comedy. Right, exactly. And they're like, sure. Yeah, and also another thing about Benediction I loved was like just seeing Jeremy Irvine be and be like, oh, like yeah, go have a good career, like you know, like like blossom, like blossom from this. Like Chris's nemesis, Jeremy Irvine. I've calmed down on this. I used to think (laughs) that he was an active deterrent to the movie because I really hate his performance in it. Oh, oh, in Benediction, uh, you don't like it? No. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. My Um, favorite supporting performance in Benediction is Simon Russell Beale, who also. Um, is in a movie called The Outfit this year. was in a movie called The Outfit this year where he shows up halfway through that movie and he's a Chicago gangster. Yeah, he's great. With like full Chicago accent and I about left my seat with with absolute joy. It was so amazing. We were talking to Billy Ray Bruton came on our show and we were talking about Dylan O'Brien B-Sides. Yeah. And we went on a deep rabbit hole of like Yeah, yeah, because Billy Ray was like The Outfit's good. I like He's like, I almost lost my shit when like the two greatest british you know theater actors alive yep. have a scene together in the middle of the outfit i was like it's true it's like yep. you know a rylance and uh and and uh, russell beer like and having, simon russell beer it's simon great. russell beer having that having that scene is incredible um it's great i mean i don't i have not frankly given it i was i was actually telling you joe i was listening to your um your blank check you know blankies yeah. awards right before we started recording and i was only beginning to think about like who would be the snubs of of this year for me? Yeah, um, Connor, did anything jump in your mind? Not, like, I don't. Ha- I feel like I don't have realistic snubs. You know, like I have stuff that I'm like that was definitely the best and whatever. So what I'm going to suggest, I, I feel like people. Oh, I have. I, have I feel my, like I have. the three of you are going to agree with me, but I feel like people listening might be like Jacques, but we'll say <laughs> I would double nominate Colin Farrell and I would swap out Brendan Fraser and put in Colin Farrell for after Yang 
hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because Colin, no question. I I almost don't want to take the Banshee's oh, performance away from it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, he's great in Banshee's. He's great in Take out Fraser for uh, any number of right. people. Yes. Uh, but yes. but I I do and look, we love I love Brendan. We love Brendan. Sure, but not in that. Just house. yeah, just. Yeah. Why did it have to be? Now, here's a question. Here's actually, I want him to a... have an opportunity in a movie that I I don't think is uh Here's a fun evil. Here's a fun question. What would be the Fraser What is his best performance? God's Monsters? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not even That's what it's it is, like, of course. Even, uh, yeah. yeah. So right. here's I mean, my here's my snub real quick cuz I just pulled up my my uh my thing here. Uh, and I don't even know she didn't I don't think get got much attention, but I would have nominated Sigourney Weaver for Avatar. Supporting, yeah. I thought that was the craziest shit. I was like, it was the craziest <laughs> shit. It was the craziest like, shit. That's true. I just, <laughs> I couldn't believe how like much I bought into that shit. But I look, I love that movie. I love the Avatar movies. Whatever it is, what it is. I love. Yeah, I love James I'm not Cameron's. an Avatar love, person, but like yeah. I support you. I support yeah, you. Yeah, I love James that. Cameron's movies. I love the Avatar movies deeply, deeply, deeply. Yeah, it's my favorite movie of the year. All these things. I love. I was like, I cannot believe they did this, and I can't believe that I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, I'm all right with this. Like, I just thought, like, to me, the angles, the angles, like, like the, the what is it called? The di- the angle of difficulty to me yeah, is like, sure. yeah, sure. And I feel like a lot of Sigourney's career. She's almost been, um, she's almost been docked points because she's made stuff like that look too easy. Sure, right. We're like, I'm thinking of stuff like Map of the World, right? Where like she's that, great char- in Map that of the character world. Mm-hmm. is an impossible character. Yes, that's like insane that an actress would ever like attempt that right and yeah. like i feel like she's done stuff like you've that you've done an episode career. on sigourney i would imagine we have, yes. we have actually, not we have actually. not actually that's wild she would be I a know. great you want to you want to just that. you want to you want to <laughs> snack yeah that one, like, yeah we'll put it on the schedule buddy but so that would be my so that would be my snub just because i think it's such an insane uh performance but anyway yeah that convinces you i will say that like and i i think and dan we i know we've talked about this like that performance yeah degree of difficulty to me is important with that yeah yeah, and i i think not it doesn't work for everybody but yeah i remember like just going into the movie think like knowing that she was in it not really knowing who she was playing and then having a moment of like oh that that's who she's playing in this movie like i kind of was like yeah. oh she's a teenager okay like but yeah. it i will say this it's an impressive performance not just because of the degree of di- difficulty but it does feel weirdly like james cameron doing a fucking insane thing where he's like the future of cinema can be you know 60 yeah. plus year old women playing teenagers and it's sure, not really right, sure. you know like which in its own way is kind of amazing to yeah. me um he's gonna but... end up running a company like in vanilla sky where you can just right. sort of like live forever via <laughs> he's gonna CGI be characters or whatever like yeah. mocap is gonna be yeah. the, the the afterlife yeah yeah, uh, yeah i love that idea um but yeah that's so anyway i think it's gonna be interesting to see kind of what comes out of this race i think um one interesting thing about this year, and obviously you guys can correct me, but it does feel like in a few categories, we actually don't really know who's going to win. Like yeah. it seems a little open, which I think is kind of rare. Supporting mm-hmm. actress is completely up in the air from like more than two people. So that that's very yeah. interesting. It would, to me, let me just say this. I will kind of forever. Okay. <laughs> sure. That movie is not good. 
It's okay, not just, what I've I would want. It. Have you? A okay, lot. okay. I, I, okay yeah. good, I feel good. like it's one of the few Marvel movies good. that's actually and about I'm, something that's not pew pew bang bang. Good. I and I, I, I wish I felt that way. I, I by the end of that movie was just like, what just happened? I don't even know. I was just like, I'm with you on that. I, I just anyway. But that yeah. being said, all of that being said, how funny. And in a weird way, appropriate would it be if Angela Bassett got her Oscar <laughs> for that movie? Like, it's just so crazy. Yeah. It's almost like a Sigourney thing where it's like, that's an actress who's been like really tried crazy shit in her career and is really kind of paid for it. Like, the- because she's made it look too easy and to win for like this kind of MCU thing. No, or whatever, the only would thing that would so make it better is if somehow Holly Hunter was nominated for like a DC oh, movie no. <laughs> and oh, then God. Bassett wins. Like, that would almost payback. That pay Holly back. Hunter getting killed by a piss bomb. Right, right, right. Um, if that came out last year and she got nominated <laughs> and bat, like, then I would support, then I'd be like, this is great. Like, you can't but make then this next shit up. Year, they would both have to get nominated again and stalker channing would have to be in something so that then stalker channing could win so that we could really have justice for the 93 actress my thing about angela bassett potentially winning which is like i i adore her and i've long been waiting to see her get like a shot like this but i also hate career oscars yeah yeah. uh but like they're never gonna stop giving them away like they're for it is a real thing that after people get oscars you know they get to start doing you know projects that they want to do that they deserve and it's like if that means if getting an oscar for a superhero movie means you know it opens the door for her to be doing more projects to get nominated i would 100 and that's a great thing i mean she's talked about how after her first oscar nomination she couldn't get hired right being you know which is insane because it's such a fucking crazy performance and And then like the things she would go on to do are like not things that oscar awards but she's Fucking incredible yeah. and all. Yeah. yeah. Like well, yeah, Oscar two, doesn't I mean, like, nominate Strange Days. Well, that's it what I'm doesn't saying. nominate years, Waiting to Exhale. Yeah, two years later, she the fact she doesn't get nominated for Strange Days seems crazy now, but like that movie barely got released. People hated it yeah. when it came out. You know, yeah. it kind of re- stalled Captain Bigelow's career for like right. literally five years, you know. Um, but yeah, man, it's interesting. It's gonna be exciting to see what happens. Uh, I do wish it wasn't so, so so clear that everything everywhere was just going to win like nine out of 10 Oscar or whatever it's going to, you know. We were just talking <laughs> about this on our record today. We think, I think it's going to win five. Ooh, five out of okay. how many noms? A 10? 11. 11. It's 11. a lot of noms. Yeah. It's going to be at least the biggest uh, Oscar winning best picture win In quite a since while. Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. I think. Wow. I think. You know, maybe it has a shot at winning as many as Slumdog Millionaire did, but like, you know, Dune won six last year, but it didn't win Best Picture. Wow, Slumdog! Um, Wow, Slumdog's like another Seabiscuity one. It was like, was it Return of the King before Slumdog to have like the most right? Like, well, won everything. uh, Yeah, huge tally. Slumdog has eight. Yeah. Um, Return of the King won like almost every single. It was nomination. eleven of eleven? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Eleven, 11 of eleven. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for coming on. This was awesome. Thank you. This was tell great. Us, this is so much fun. Tell us quickly just one more time about the podcast and what you have coming up and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, this at Oscar Buzz, we talk about movies that were positioned for the Oscars that didn't get any nominations. Coming up, we will have our episode, our first episode from uh, the class of 2021. We'll be talking about Dear Evan Hansen, Ooh, wow. Uh, wow. which wow. we've kind of promised our listeners for a while would be our first movie. <laughs> of 2021 um we've got some good stuff coming down the pike including we're uh gonna have a new kind of uh, uh format for our main mini series which we are very excited about that chris cool. and i are still kind of formulating and putting together so nice. we do something sort of special every may we've done a mini series on the films of 2003 for the films of naomi watts for the films of focus features uh, we did an Entertainment Weekly series last year, so we are uh, cooking up something fun for the month of May. So that'll be really fun. So uh, good time to start listening if that oh, intrigues yeah. you in any way. But yeah. Naomi Watts. Oh, Naomi. Where I know. are you, Naomi? I <laughs> know. Nicole Kidman, do something for your friend. Naomi. No, Naomi just needs to do a regal cinema <laughs> movies are great promo. Someone needs to because the commercial in front of oh, the man. that they have Joe, in Regal it makes me want to right blow now, my fucking brains out every time. Thing. It's the worst. I, it's like a gr- it's like the world's worst ad agency just sat down and we were like we kind of well, like probably movies. Was. And there's no abridged and, version. Sometimes they'll abridge yeah. the Kidman one which I'm mad about because I want to see the whole sure. thing and they will never <laughs> abridge this Regal thing with all the movie quotes. And it's, it's going to so... run. You know they spent so much money on it. It's going to run for the next fucking I know. 5 years. I had so movie else theaters remember still the around. Regal pre-roll that was a roller coaster. Oh, I, I still love the Regal roller coaster. Yeah. The roller coaster's still there. I went I went there Two days ago to see the obviously uh, much, much awaited Operation Fortune, and they played both yeah. of them. I got the roller coaster. Fun fact and the Guy terrible Ritchie, movie quotes. Guy Ritchie called me and Connor to thank us for, for yeah, going to the movie. Like, oh, <laughs> thanks so much. That's not how he talks. He's like, thanks for coming to watch the movie. Anyway, thank you guys. This thank has been you. great. Um, yeah. Connor. <laughs> Dan, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can find me at DJ Mecca <laughs> on Twitter. I've been reviewing movies for thefilmstage.com. Obviously, Fathom Stories for some short Twilight Zone stories coming up. Uh, always fun. Check us. Check me out there. And then, yeah, Connor, in, uh, in, in Oscar fashion, I'll pass it to you to send us off into the night. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Scruffy Look, and you can find this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Letterboxd at TFSB Side. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, if you're watching the Oscars this weekend, uh, enjoy that. And uh, yeah, what do we have coming up? We have a couple things circling. We, we Nothing super, super concrete, but we'll have a Sandra Bullock B-Side coming up. Uh, as well as uh, Russell Crowe and another one coming up potentially with uh, Orlando Bloom. So we have a, we'll have a couple fun B-sides uh, in the future for you. We'll talk about the uh, the Paul W.S. Anderson Three Musketeers. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> sure. But, uh, but until then, I'll leave you with my favorite Oscar acceptance speech, which is just, it's my honor. Thank you. Joe Pesci. The best. He's the best. That is the best. And now you're listening to the B-Side.